Kia ora, no mai, hare mai. Welcome to Big Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. It's Tuesday evening here in Wellington and around much of the world too, I imagine. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. My name is David. I'm Perrine. And uh, yeah, how are you doing, Perrine? I'm doing well, thanks. Happy to um, make it, always happy to make it into the studio on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a big part of hosting a show. Um, but I'm looking forward to this one tonight. Um, I'll have Hannah Newport-Watson coming in in the second half. She's from The Pantograph Punch. She's an editor and writer based here in Wellington. And Perrine, you've got the first guest tonight. Yeah, so we're definitely doing a literary unplanned, but mm. nice um, nice matching Synergy. of a literary show tonight. So in the first half of the show, I will be interviewing Sarah Lang. Before I continue, I'm just going to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Lang is a local artist and writer. She does, well, the things I know about, uh, short story, novel, comics, graphic memoir, and now a talking mural. And we're going to be talking about Verb Festival, as well as her other work, which is, uh, I think, the new uh, version, the new name for Lit Crawl. Mm. That's coming up in Wellington the 6th to the 10th of November. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So, shall we just get started? Did I miss any of your major media? Um... No, no, I think you've got it covered. I think um, Lit Crawl is now a subset of the Verb Festival. Verb okay. is sort of the umbrella festival, and Lit Crawl is the fantastic night, the Saturday night where everybody's in a frenzy and they run from one venue to the next listening to people talk and um, perform and do drag and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, just all the usual all the things usual. you associate with literary yeah. festivals. Um, so, yeah, last year we had Chris Teeson and he talked about, um, well, we talked about his show, which was Mourning Literary Characters' Deaths, which I then went to at RDBs, which was a good time. But today, Sarah, we wanted to talk to you about the massive mural you made, which is currently on the windows of Te Aha on Dixon Street. And the theme of the mural, I gather, is a day in Pōneki sometime in the near future. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So can you just start by describing the scene for us? Um, yeah, well, it was. I kind of wanted to amalgamate um, aspects of current Wellington with aspects of what might be future Wellington. That was a little bit challenging because, you know, all of Wellington streets are really narrow and they don't unfold in a nice, neat way. But I was talking to my sister, who's also an artist, Melissa Lang, and um, she said, think medieval paintings, think Bruegel. <laughs> Just go and uh, flatten Wellington out in a strange two-dimensional way. So, yeah, I kind of like stuffed in the Arrow Valley and um, and like a little bit of Kelvin as well as, um, you know, the, the projected um, you know, apartment blocks of the future with their biodomes. And, uh, and of course, it's kind of a, a post-oil, a post-oil post kind of a world. So there's no cars in the central city. There's still the bucket fountain. The bucket fountain yeah. is still um, splashing people at inappropriate moments. Um, but, yeah, I think um, everybody's riding around on bicycles and... 
you're coming into the harbour on Waka and that kind of thing. And there's a there's also a um, there's also a zeppelin a zeppelin in the sky. And I've sort of got I've got future Wellington. I've got I've got everybody kind of milling about and future Wellington swinging off trees and um, <laughs> sitting in cafes and doing the gardening and tending the bees. Um, and I've also got past Wellington. I've got coupe sort of either mm. the ghost of coupe sort of standing looking out to the sea. And um, I've also got Catherine Mansfield and Robin Hyde gossiping or perhaps talking about very deep, serious political matters on the waterfront <laughs> as well. Um, and, yeah, and I think it was kind of an opportunity to put all my favourite things about Wellington in there. I kind of like had a few little kind of sly political things. I had the library. The library was still there. Um, there's, a whole f- yes. uh, there's a whole fleet of... Um, Hector's dolphins because we will have saved the Hector's dolphins and in the future and uh, and also we will have somehow figured out how to bring Huia back to life. Um, and Ooh, yeah, didn't spot the Huia there. Oh no, they're cool. in the tree. They're in the okay. tree. Yeah, due to some you know amazing DNA reconstructive technology, the Huia will have uh, been. I'm not sure about the moa actually. When I, I probably perhaps I should have brought a moa back in there, but no, there's no moa in the. Maybe yeah. they were just like on stage left, just yeah, not quite yeah, in the yeah, scene yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Like um, I was given four panes of glass to do my mural, and I did actually think it would be actually really cool to do eight and just sort of keep extending and extending. <laughs> but then, but then actually doing the four was an enormous amount of work. So I was quite pleased that I I didn't manage to wrangle eight panes of glass to fill with my mural. Can you on that? Can you talk through the process of how you got from the ideas that you wanted and the sketches you probably did onto? this very polished thing on glass on Dixon Street? Yeah, well, um, I did have, you know, a few sleepless nights over that because I um, kind of traditionally, I'm like a cartoonist. Um, well, I'm usually a cartoonist and I usually work really small. I draw little A4 comics and I, um, you know, I used to scan them and put them on my blog and I've got books which are quite small. And so my pictures, you know, I I don't draw them to be enlarged to, uh, you know, 500%. I think I had to enlarge them maybe 550% and I drew them at, at all the images at, you know, on numerous A3 sheets. Um, um, yeah, so, and I normally um, either work kind of um, using yeah, pen and ink, and I um, also I use watercolour, paint, squash, um, coloured ink, but um, but because of the sheer size of it, I was like, well, either I'm going to have to, like, spend, um, I'm going to have to spend, I'm going to have to, you know, mortgage all of my belongings and, and buy myself a supercomputer so that I can do this all in Photoshop or, um, yeah, I'm going to have to make it all vector art. And I think vector art is, um, I actually ended up doing it in Illustrator. So the colours are all very flat and the lines are all kind of quite slick and flat as well, but um, which is not my usual, my usual way of doing drawings. Usually my drawings are kind of, yeah, very but textured or far more textured. Yeah, they've got far more brush strokes and far more kind of variance in colour and far more yeah. But yeah. but I don't know, kind of flat. I was thinking, no, this is like Tintin. I'm I'm channeling <laughs> Hergé here. I'm kind of doing the flat because if you look at Hergé's pictures, they're quite remarkable. How you know that there are no shadows. It's just all flat blocks of colour, and it's a very kind of limited colour palette. And yet, it looks like a kind of a fully described world, even though lots of elements of the world are missing. For instance, shadows and mm. uh, yeah. Mm. And so, where um, what is a talking mural, and where did the idea come from? Uh, well, the idea came when um, I went and posted a um, a comic which I had done on Instagram and it was a kind of a diorama of a of a actually an Auckland street scene um, with people 
riding around on scooters and bicycles and um, it was kind of like meant to be a shared pedestrian space and I posted it without any of the um, all the speech bubbles but with no speech inside it and Claire saw it and she was like oh, I want one for uh, Claire who's the uh, one of the co-directors of the Verb Literary Festival saw it and said oh we should do something like this for Wellington we should yeah. do a Wellington version yeah, and um, Claire has got quite a fascination with um, world building as well. So, um, so she, I think she just recently had. Is this like, sorry, the kind of imagining what your community's like? Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. But also, well, I mean, also kind of that that world building that people do in sci-fi novels and fantasy novels. Ah, okay. And she'd actually recently done a course with um, Elizabeth Knox, the the novelist on world building, and so she was quite keen on me doing a. Um, yeah, like a kind of an imagined, a projected imagined Wellington, which was just slightly different from the Wellington that we live in now. Yeah. And so how do people, what happens with these empty speech bubbles and how do people get involved with them? Oh, yeah, well, it's um, you can go to the Verb website, which you may have a link on your website for. We do, or we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can make suggestions. All of the speech bubbles are numbered, and um, and quite a few people were kind of having dialogues with each other as well. People were in conversation, and I tried to make some of the expressions look like they were having some kind of heated political discussion, or they were having some kind of disagreement, because um, disagreeable conversations are always the most interesting one when there's some kind of conflict. <laughs> when I'm taking creative writing classes, I'm always like, conflict is really good for dialogue. So, um, so um, yeah, there's all of the speech bubbles are numbered and you can go into the website and you can make suggestions as to which goes inside what speech bubble. And there's all sorts of like, for instance, you can make the Hector's Dolphins talk and if you are fluent <laughs> Itereo Māori, you can um, do all the kupu um, itereo Māori, if you want, because there's like quite a few Māori, you know, in the waka. So um, that's a challenge for all the te reo learners out there. Um, there's also, um, I'm one of them, but, you know, I'm a little bit nervous to make suggestions myself because oh, nice. I'll get it wrong. But um, I um, also, yeah, there's there's also some, quite a few little robots zipping around and, yeah. Those carrot robot things? Yeah, the carrot <laughs> robot things, yeah. Well, actually, when I drew the picture, I kind of imagined that the girl was trying to feed the robot a carrot, but then somebody saw it and thought it was a carrot dispensing robot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a much better kind of robot. <laughs> there should be carrot dispensing robots everywhere, yeah. Um, and so, so I guess it's not a matter of people just being able to go up and get a pen and write it. Oh, uh, yeah, I think maybe there'll be opportunities for that. There was at the launch, people, it was basically a free for all. There was a giant basket full of whiteboard markers and mm. you could just go up and write whatever you felt. But at the moment, I think they're taking submissions and they're going to, um, change the words out every couple of days or something like that. Yeah. Tell us about the launch. Oh, um, the launch was on Saturday morning and it was um, just a chance to kind of uh, show it to a group of people and for me to talk about it, give a little speech about it. Yeah, the mayor came. So, yeah, yeah I got to tell him what I thought about Wellington being carefree, <laughs> central Wellington being carefree. Get your agenda yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell them to keep on the good work with the predator-free Wellington things. So yeah, yeah, didn't yeah any predators on the on the mural? No, no. Like no, I say, like gone. I say, it's the future. It's the future Wellington where the predators are gone, and and Greta has gone and saved the world. And, oh, and she encouraged the rest is, of us yeah, to do yeah, our yeah, best. Yeah, really, she has. She has. She has <laughs> yeah. So the water levels have risen slightly, but not too much because yeah, we've taken all the necessary steps to uh, yeah. 
Nice. Is there any feedback you've had so far or comments in the bubbles that you've been particularly pleased with or disappointed in? Um, yeah, no, there have been some really quite cool little things. Um, and I think if you go on social media and you look at Verb's um, Instagram feed, then you'll see some nice little um, words that people have said. And mm. um, I was really pleased. Well, I did tell everybody at the launch now that's Catherine Mansfield and that's Robin Hyde. And I was really pleased that somebody especially went and looked up some Robin Hyde and Catherine Mansfield <laughs> quotes to populate it. My son also got hold of the pen and wrote a whole pile of internet memes inside too many speech bubbles. So there's, you know, crispy chicken burger fries in some of them and uh, Boney M, Daddy Cool. So, um, okay. yeah, I'm kind of hoping somebody might suggest something different <laughs> for those ones. But it adds to the diversity. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and some people just won't know what they're reading with some of the comments and that's just <laughs> part yeah, of it I guess yeah yeah um, but yeah I do kind of want it like a forum for if people want to um you know speak their mind or if they want to if they've got like a particular point that they want to make they you mm. know they can they can you know try and have a discussion about you know the city that we live in and you know how they'd like it to be yeah. there is an opportunity for that yeah nice um, so moving on to other things that you've been up to, you recently launched an, an anthology of work called Let Me Be Frank. Yep, that's right. I had read that you wrote earlier that uh, you said something that any collection of your work would look very inconsistent. And I'm just wondering if that's something that, um, how that worked out in real life when you decided to do an anthology. Um, yeah, um, I guess, um, yeah, the comics which are all collected in, the, in Let Me Be Frank are, um, they're all kind of slightly messy diary comics, like diary comics is a kind of a, a thing in indie comics, people kind of write about their lives and, and all of their thoughts and neuroses and that kind of thing, and, and because it's, you know, written kind of relatively quickly, you know, the comics are a little bit rough, spontaneous, yeah. one would hope filled with life and, yeah. you know, filled with uh, some kind of energy because they're rough and spontaneous. I mean, they're kind of the antithesis to the Marvel comics where everything is, yeah. you know, basically there's this giant committee that figures out exactly how the storylines are going to go and then everybody discusses around the table what the dialogue is going to be and which woman they're going to kill in this particular episode. Well, not, of course, they always killing women in all of the <laughs> comics. but and, uh, and then there's a kind of an army of, you know, inkers and colourers and, you know, um, whereas indie comics is very much, yeah, one person draws something with their with their marker and scans it and yeah posts it on the it takes perhaps makes a zine and takes it to zine fest and perhaps tries to so swap it with other cartoonists and yeah it's very lo-fi it's a very lo-fi yeah. art form which is why I'm kind of thinking that my um comic book is like a celebration of lo-fi lo-fi yeah. art yeah and I mean I did totally. actually have some slightly more slick comics which I'd been commissioned for a long time I had a um, column in Metro magazine in Auckland because I lived in Auckland for seven years and um, and I kind of wrote an urban comic and that was probably quite like the artwork which is up on Te Oaha it's that same sort of flat fast slicker right. kind of artwork and I did try and put them in and they just didn't they didn't match the rest of the aesthetic so I ended up thinking well They'll have to go on another book. Right. They'll have to go on my slick book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and, oh, yeah, so you were the one of the editors of Three Words, the anthology of women comics in Aotearoa. Yeah. 
And uh, we had Jim Yoshioka, who's one of the comics from that on the show last year, and um, heard a bit about about that project and the, her involvement there. Just wondering um, if that project to kind of promote and create that kind of platform for women in comics, if that helped you kind of have the be ready to let out your own anthology? Um, yeah, well, definitely. Um, definitely it did. I mean, I was one of the editors. So, I, I mean, it was we, we did three words in response to um, the lack of representation of women in, uh, you know, publications. There'd been this book, which was called The Best New Zealand Comics, which was, you know, like a really rigorous, um, you know, kind of history of New, Ze- New Zealand comics, but it had remarkably few women profiled in it. And and I think, you know, the women cartoonists that I knew were like, hey, this is not right. There are actually loads of us that they could have put in this book. Mm. But I, I mean, I guess it was, um, you know, uh, often um, women cartoonists created comics and during a certain period of their lives and then had to put it aside because of you know, generally financial pressures and generally you know kind of uh, doing moving into different different spheres of of work and art I mean lots of people had started off as cartoonists and become visual artists or started off as cartoonists and were now graphic designers so um it just seemed really important to us to um firstly put a call out to um to women to submit comics for this anthology that we were editing and secondly to um, find some of those cartoonists from the 90s and you know the early 2000s who weren't producing work Mm. anymore and to get their work and to put it in like a really nice book with a big fat spine that could be sold at a bookshop yeah and I think also I mean the thing about the um, best New Zealand comics book which I say was you know like a good book in its own right um was that the aesthetic in general was that quite slick, kind of competent, I think Indira, one of the uh, editors of Three Words, coined it as a competent boys' art, um, comic <laughs> art, which is, you know, that very kind of careful, precise art, very kind of, um, you know, beautifully executed, but sometimes the life has just been sucked out of it. Whereas I think, you know, like lots of the women's comics were, you know, kind of a little bit more grungy and underground and, you know, sometimes what could be perceived as badly drawn and um, but often really interesting stories and really interesting messages. And, you know, I kind of think that there is there is joy and value and badly drawn comics as well because <laughs> they really kind of show the hand and the personality of the creator in, in a kind of world where often everything is so slick and polished mm. and we've all got our filters on and you know I don't yeah. know the computer is generating half of the uh, illustration these days anymore the kind of the hand drawn and the idiosyncratic is you know just has an enormous amount of value and an enormous yeah. amount of heart, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zine Fest is coming up as well. Is that something you're involved in these days? I did the <laughs> winter Zine Fest this year. I okay. did go. I do normally try and do one Zine Fest a year. This year I've been feeling a little bit tired. So <laughs> <laughs> you've got a few things got a few on. Things yeah. on. Yeah. I think, um, you know, after doing the mural, I think while I was finishing off the mural, that was a time when applications for Zine Fest were due, and I was like, oh, I'm just working until midnight every night getting this bloody oh. mural finished. And um, <laughs> Yeah, so I did not put my... And then I thought, oh, I'll put an application in now. But unfortunately, um, it was full and there were no tables left. So, But, I mean, Zine Fest is really fantastic, and, yeah, I encourage... It's a t- Te Oaha again, I think. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, and I encourage anybody who hasn't gone to go because... 
there's just yeah lots of amazing artwork that you can pick up and lots of really great stories and poetry and um I I think it's a really great place to um buy art by makers as well oh, right. people are kind of uh, people often sell these beautiful little drawings for twenty dollars or ten dollars or you know so if you want to have some original artwork in your yeah house or your flat or yeah, get a bargain hot tip. yeah get <laughs> yeah. a bargain yeah so I think that's on the weekend of the Fifteenth of 19th, November. 18th, yeah, worth to check out, and maybe you can go as an audience I member will, this time I will, rather than definitely. <laughs> no, I think it's actually going to be better being an audience member because usually when you have got a table, you're stuck behind there um, for like four hours sitting at your table and unable to move. So mm. I think this will be. I'll be able to go and talk to all the different creators, and I mean, yeah. based on what I see, they've got lots of really interesting people with tables. So yeah, yeah. Great. And so uh, I guess just to finish up, should we have a bit of a chat about Verb? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so Verb is coming up in a week and a half. It's the 6th to the 10th of November at various places all over Wellington. So you've obviously done the mural. Are you involved in the festival in other ways? I am looking forward to interviewing Selena Tussitala-Marsh and she has written this book, called Mophead. She was the um, Poet Laureate until quite recently. She um, first Pacifica woman to get a PhD. Um, she's Associate Professor at Auckland University and has written a whole bunch of amazing poetry, but she's actually written a kind of graphic memoir slash picture book about her journey to becoming a poet. And she's drawn all the pictures herself and um, hand-lettered them as well. And it's kind wow. of all about how, you know, when she went to school, she was, you know, this kind of slightly outsider kid with kind of huge, huge hair, which is hence the title, Mop Head. And I think felt a little disenfranchised and alienated. But then Sam Hunt came to her school and read a poem and she was electrified. And, you know, she sort of became... <laughs> one of New Zealand's finest poets, and she was even invited over to read a poem to the Queen. So, um, so yeah, she's written a book about that, and, and I get to interview her, and I think it's like an all, because it's, like I say, it's sort of that fine line between graphic memoir slash picture book, so I think probably it would be a family event. It's 10 o'clock on um, Sunday morning at the uh, City Gallery, I think on the 10th of November. If yeah. you're interested in that, you can bring your kids and... Um, yeah, um, but I am just, again, because um, I have been involved in um, the verbal, literal, verb literary festival for a number of years now, and I'm quite looking forward to just kind of going as an audience member, just as a punter, because it's just so much fun, and especially that Saturday night is so much fun, um, and um, and I won't be feeling really, really nervous, so yeah. I'll just be able to go and enjoy everybody's, uh, you know, talks and, and writing yeah and there are some really great people who are coming like I'm really looking forward to um, Sarah Moss who's this novelist she wrote this fantastic book called Ghost Wall um, and there's this other um, essayist um, Sinead Gleeson who writes about pain I think she's from Ireland she just won a big book prize and she's coming over and I mean I think there are loads more um, Andy and Andrew and Claire have got an amazing eye for you know getting really interesting people over to New Zealand and kind of often they'll get these people over and then like a couple of months later the same people will win some big prize so right um, yeah 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 <laughs> so they're good talent spotters so uh yeah okay definitely worth checking out lots of the events yeah any tips for people who haven't been to the festival before or how to enjoy particularly the crawl part any hot tips from an insider hmm 
Mm. Um, I guess um, maybe you should do some planning, but then you should also be prepared to be a little bit spontaneous because quite often you'll turn up at a venue and it'll be just jam-packed. It'll be just bursting out the doors. So you'll have to have a plan B. And um, like I think the main the main thing which I struggle with is trying to, you know, because like it starts at six and it ends at nine. I'm like, I've got to have dinner at some point in time. So um, generally <laughs> don't I go people to, eat? I know, don't they <laughs> eat? So generally I go, two years in a row, I've gone to Satay Palace and I've gone and got myself a laxer and then I've gone, it's too hot, <laughs> can't eat it, damn it. So I say, hot tip, don't get yourself a laxer. Get yourself something mm. far easily, more easily scoffable. Okay, yeah. that's a great tip. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, yeah, to all our listeners, have a cruise down Dixon Street and have a look at the talking mural. See if you want to add in some features, some, you know, bubbles, whatever we call them. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Thank you.